0: Hi, everybody. This is Father Nathan on the Joyful Friar podcast. It's good to have you here. Today is Good Friday. It takes all the nerve in the world for Christian people to commemorate the day when Jesus was crucified and call it good. But it's one of the things that I most appreciate about being a Christian and a Catholic, that we look for the good in everything. And we can look at the events of the day of Jesus's death, even though it was so horrific, it has so many elements to it, and still say, yes, but good is still working through this. I've lived my life that way. And when I have circumstances that just look to be awful, I move through it the way everybody else does. But I also know that I belong to this faith body that says, look for the good even here, because it's here. Well, I've been blessed to have this afterlife work that I've been doing for somewhere around 27 years now, where people died horrific deaths, but they bring me their stories in a dream. And we essentially say, and then what happened? You know, oftentimes we can think that death defines us. And a particularly tragic death of a loved one just can seem like such a colossal loss. The, the grief of uh, losing someone suddenly and, and knowing that they endured a violent death can just be so all-consuming. But I believe, and, and my experiences have pointed out, that there's always a next chapter to the story. So today, we're dealing with Buddy, the conductor. This is a little bit different in that if you're watching these podcasts in the sequence that we've made them available, it was two weeks ago that we had the story of Buddy who turned out to be the conductor. Then we had an Easter message. And now we're circling back to parts two and three of Buddy's story. You know, we... First tell the story, then the second component we call compassionate response to that story. And then finally, we have what we call spiritual practice that emerges from that story. So it could be that you want to go back and two podcasts ago and listen to to that one where we retell Buddy's original story. I just listened to it this morning on Audible uh because I wanted to hear the whole thing with fresh ears and pray as I got ready to share these podcasts with you. And and in fact it was dear to me because my friend Laura Dunham, who died back in 2019, uh, uh read the part of my sister Mimi. And so it's you know it's just lovely to hear the voice of a deceased loved one. I know some people will like keep somebody's uh message machine on their phone or something and and uh, and call just to hear the 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 voice of the loved one anyway it was it was fun to listen to laura uh reading that part this morning well compassionate response compassion means to suffer with and when i do one of these i'm particularly attuned to those of you who pay attention to these podcasts because you're suffering because somebody you love has been through death, perhaps recently, and perhaps through a violent death. So I know that that's not everyone in this audience, but I have you especially in mind today. One of the things that I wanted to to emphasize in Buddy's story, you know, he he was a young man at the time of his death. He was a passenger in a car. They'd been out drinking. The car was uh, in a collision with a train that caused Buddy's death. He told us that he didn't so much choose a place in the afterlife as he just emerged or landed, if you will, found himself in this place where he He and no one else was being punished. But it wasn't a pleasant place. He said it was a place sort of of waiting, but they weren't waiting for anything in particular. Not like you might wait, you know, in a line at the grocery store and you can watch the person ahead of you as their transaction is ending and know it's about time for, for your turn. It really wasn't like that. They were just waiting indefinitely and not sure what they were waiting for. All they had in common was they had died in the collisions of cars and trains. He said that they didn't talk about anything of importance, nothing that helped them advance. They were just sort of uh, like he uh, he used the image of a bus stop the way that you might chat up people idly just to pass the time, but that they had been stuck. And he used the word stuck and applied it to himself. He knew that he was stuck. Uh, He said that they were in a place where there was a train truck running through the middle of it, a boulder on the tracks that was emblematic of being stuck. The train can't move. And that's where we met him. That's what he showed me uh, in the initial dream that he brought. He also was... Quite determined, right out of the gate, he told us that I'm not the conductor. These people want me to be the conductor. I never said I was the conductor. He didn't think of himself as a leader, uh, and he didn't really see why he should be singled out to be taking the lead role in this, but, but he stepped up into it. He also told us, if you recall, that in terms of a career, that he didn't have one career exactly. He was good at figuring stuff out, kind of a jack of all trades. Uh he was still young, so there might have been time for him to choose something more specific, but that didn't come to pass. His uh premature death uh ended that. Nevertheless, he uh he, he was he was willing to step up and do this thing as long as he could do it on his own terms. He was uh, adamant that he was not the conductor, but but he stepped up anyway. He sized up the problem that, well, there's this railroad track and there's this boulder, but we can't move it. Well, that's when I came in and said, well, what might be a solution? Maybe a fulcrum, get everybody to lean against it. And he was the one that came up with the idea of heavy equipment. And, oh, by the way, make sure that it has the keys in it. And I, when I got around to asking for it, I said, well, let's... Let's include an operator that knows how to run the thing, just in case it's uh, more complicated than you might have thought. Well, all of that, we teamed up and and got that to work. One of the things that I wanted to point out, especially to any of you who might be grieving the loss of a loved one, is uh, the fact that he was Angry. There's a way in which, when people think of spiritual things, uh, anger might might not be the first emotion that comes to mind. I've worked in in and around churches for much of my life, and sometimes uh, funerals or um, a medical trauma. Like I, I've I've met people in emergency rooms that are there with a loved one who's been. Uh, through some medical emergency, oftentimes those are car crashes and things, where I'm suddenly thrown together with people that don't spend much time in the presence of a priest. And, you know, they they um, they might feel ease around me or, you know, feel like they need to watch their language or somehow put on church manners right in the middle of what the crisis that they're going through. Uh, it It reminded me of being on a jury one time. I was selected to be on a jury and had to hang out with uh i was an alternate so there were the 12 normal jurors and then two of us that were alternates we hung around the 14 of us because we had to and we were very different from one another but we all belonged we're we're all registered voters which is why we were in the jury selection pool to begin with but there's a way in which we all radically belong and sometimes church congregations can sort of self segregate and have certain kinds of people that belong and others that that don't and sometimes the one that the ones that don't know that they don't and they'll say things like oh if i went to church the roof would fall in something like that well buddy was not he never mentioned god or church or or prayer or anything like that he did tolerate it when i just said a simple prayer and said, God, would you please send us this heavy equipment? He tolerated that. But my point here is that there is not just one kind of person that moves through afterlife planes in my experience. Uh, Buddy was, um, he was a little on the rude side toward me. He never did uh, offer what his name is. He just said, just call me buddy. And later he said he was messing with me. Well, that's okay. He wasn't um he wasn't cruel. Uh, he wasn't really disrespectful. He just was frustrated. Well, that's what I wanna say. I believe there's room in the afterlife from what I've seen for all kinds of people. So if any of you are grieving the loss of someone who would have never been around a church or had kind of gruff manner or whatever, please don't assume that they're ill-suited to the afterlife necessarily. God's loving everybody all the time and I believe somehow it all works out. I have one friend that even if we're talking about all kinds of troubles, there'll come a point where she'll say, it's all good. Well, I believe that too. That circles back to Good Friday. It's all good well he did tell us that at the time of his accidental death that he had he and a friend had been out for a good time they'd been drinking he said he was not exactly sober uh and that after the assault on his body that he couldn't get back in it that he was locked out of it well that was frustrating to him and i think frustration was one of the main emotions and thought patterns that he carried with him frustration. Well um, somehow or another, he did end up in my line. he didn't go into that a lot of the other people do he didn't he never mentioned a guardian angel. he never really mentioned a care team who had been working with him or prompting him in a certain direction. These conversations are like a lot of human interactions. They have their own flow to them. There's no one way that these conversations occur. And in this one, we just bang, we just got in it and got started. And it really became solving a problem. He didn't offer a lot of background. Uh, He just said, we're all stuck here. We're all frustrated. There's this boulder. So we pretty much got to work on solving a problem. If you are grieving the life, the the sudden death of someone, maybe like Buddy, I hope that you can just be at peace with the fact that God loves everybody all the time and that your loved one, even if they were cantankerous or uh, overly frightened about dying or uh, perhaps took their own life or any of those kinds of things, I would just ask you, please don't make your grief harder than it has to be by presuming that somebody is, um, I don't know, ill-suited or unwelcome. I I just don't think that's true. Uh, Everybody uh, who God created, whether they believed in God or not, is eternal. Everybody survives their death and there's a place for everyone. But he didn't choose that place. But there was a place for him. But he, but he and the others knew that this was not a desirable permanent place. It was a stuck place, and that it would be best if they could move through it. He in a, in the follow up interview. He referred to himself as being a jerk toward me because he didn't offer his name, which would have been polite. But the fact that you ask. A question doesn't mean you demand its answer when i asked him what's your name it was perfectly okay for him to say just call me buddy i didn't deserve an answer other than that and i wasn't offended at uh at him not being more familiar that's all right um he told us that in his short life he used the metaphor of drifting he said he didn't. You, he wasn't a ball of fire, and then he talked about being in a stream, uh, or like a kayak, or 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 some sort of a boat that one would row. He said he didn't even always row his boat. He didn't steer his life, and then he thought, but once in a while, a canoe or a kayak will get sideways in the river, and you might have to steer it just a little bit so that it's straight in the flow again that he he used that as a metaphor of how he had done a little bit of of that with his life i really admired the way that that once he realized that he was in an active leadership role yes he said it wasn't something he volunteered for i never said i was the conductor he did assume responsibility and he had resourcefulness and problem-solving skills he just looked like the kind of person that you might want to have around. I've done so much church work in my life, and uh, it, especially in the Catholic church where where all the clergy are male. It can seem very male-dominated, but in fact, much of the work is done by women. I think much of the world is run by women, even in cultures or, or subcultures where their uh, roles are are secondary to those of men. In church life, sometimes you'll get men like Buddy who are really not gentlemen, if you will. They're uh, coarse or rough, and they might not fit in uh, polite church culture. But there's always ways that you can find a way for people to contribute, even if they're a little bit outside the norm. So there's been times in my career where I've... uh, seen that in a guy and then so sometimes looked for uh, physical work sometimes men that are not good at sharing their story or emotions or um maybe aren't that well educated there's something that they can do with their hands you know they can fix something or or create something and so a lot of times i've i've tried to size things up and see if i can find a way for guys to contribute and it's even better if they can do that with another person so that it's not just an isolation. He he struck me as such a guy and landed in a place where people weren't cooperating with each other very well. They were all sort of doing their own thing or not even doing very much at all, really. But he did show up. And even though he was reluctant, he did lead. If you're grieving anybody who who had a hard time with other people, um, had a hard time making friends, if you're grieving anybody that was kind of mentally stuck in addiction or uh, or something like that, maybe Buddy's story can encourage you. People don't have to bound into the afterlife full of excitement about having just been killed in a, in a collision of a car and a train. There's a place where they can just chill if that's what they need to do. Uh, and they The podcast that will follow this one, I'll give some more advice on spiritual practices that might come into play where you might be able to help someone like Buddy. But I think this whole business uh, of all the stuff that I've seen in the afterlife is really about coming to the truth of ourselves, that all the different stories that my prayer partners and I have been brought into, a thing they have in common is that people are growing in truth, often truth about their own story and about their own personhood. That was one of the most gratifying things about the Buddy story, as I look back on it now, after a period of years. Buddy didn't think of himself as leadership material, and yet that's exactly what he turned out to be. So he learned a truth about himself that i think will serve him well in his eternal future because now he has this experience he can look back on the next time that leadership is called that he might be able to exercise he won't necessarily say oh i'm not the conductor it couldn't possibly be me he might still have that thought but he could at least go but there was that one time i remember that time when i thought i was not the conductor but they asked me to be and Everything unfolded the way it needed to. It's all good. Well, that's my message today for Buddy, a compassionate response. Just know that if you are suffering the loss of a loved one, you're in my prayers frequently. This ministry of mine has, it's kept me in touch with the sufferings of people who have lost a loved one suddenly. And you're not ever far from my thoughts and my heart. So I wish you well, and if you would like, stay tuned for the next episode of The Joyful Friar, which will be buddy and spiritual practices that might flow from his story that you might find helpful. But for now, God bless you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joyful Friar. You can visit me at nathan-castle.com. Send me a message by clicking the contact button. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can make a donation by clicking the donate button. See you next time.